Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? <laughs> Welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. I'm all but for ghosts. We <laughs> laugh- to business. Here we go. Why? Why are we crackling insanely? <laughs> we recorded. We just recorded that intro like a minute ago, and I said hello, and then proceeded to do the first full minute of the podcast in that weird voice. I just did not like it, and so we were like, let's just re-record that again, and so the funny part was I did the, I did the same hello, and so Christine thought that was very funny. I thought it was very funny. Um, welcome to the show. I we won't do that voice again. saved the track. Put it at the th- end as a little, little <laughs> sting, a little bonus. I don't think I need to. Anyone who makes it to the end of our credits can just hear, hello! Welcome to the New York <laughs> Mystery Machine. That's what it was, you guys. It was terrible. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um... Welcome to the pod, everyone. So excited here in wonderful, chilly November. Who knows? Chilly November. Who knows, really? This comes out today, the 14th? I don't know. Why do you make me do this? 13th. November the 13th. November the 13th. Look at me knowing things. Look at you knowing things in your November sweater. My November sweater on November the 13th, this chilly, chilly day. Well, it is beginning of November, and so I think it's important that we take a minute, as we often do at the mm. beginning, towards the beginning of the month, to thank our patrons. And among those patrons, we have a brand new patron <gasps> that I forgot to welcome last week. But I welcome on social media. So we want to welcome Andrea to the show. Andrea, to the pod, welcome. To the patron. Uh, thanks so much, Andrea, for joining us at our Long Island Leech $5 level. Um, we're so grateful to have you part of the community. Um, while we thank Andrea, let's also thank Jordan. Let's thank uh, Carla and Sam and Amory and Christian and Christina and Kate and Chrissy and Jessica and Jordan and Amanda and Jessica and Britt and Andrea again. <laughs> so thanks for thanks guys thank you for being part of our patreon we're so uh, y- you guys we say it every week but we're so appreciative of of our patrons and the little money that you give us every month goes such a long way um you know we just purchased um some new stickers which may be here by now i'm not sure if they're here yet but they'll be here soon if they're not um it's a new artwork that i'm really really proud of um so those will be out and so you know stuff like that we're able to buy through your patrons we, we, we you guys know the last few weeks we've been talking about trying to raise uh, a few hundred dollars to get some new microphones it's really the last piece lest you hear any more of this yeah, from it's, me it's all and these also these microphones are just not great for podcasting they don't they're not the right capacity i do a pretty good job in post to make it sound like they are um and so it's the last thing we need for our set we needed a new uh interface and we got that thanks to the patrons a few months ago we needed a new uh new headset thanks to the patrons we got that a couple of months ago and we just need some new microphones and so hopefully we can get those as well um and that that'll, that'll be all we'll be begging for for a while and then everything else just you know people ask you know what does the patron money do it we do have some monthly bills that we have yeah. to pay and our patron money just actually covers all that so join the patron actually is the most helpful way uh, of helping the pod trug along that and buying t-shirts below the collar.com slash ny mystery machine for t-shirts you have until january to use that website to buy our t-shirts and then we'll have a new company uh moving forward and if i haven't mentioned it patreon.com slash ny mystery machine to join our patreon today um, yeah, some really exciting stuff. So be sure to to do all that. Yeah. And um, also, I've got to mention I I usually do, but last week I definitely didn't mention it. Um, be sure to follow, like, subscribe, and on the social medias. And um, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star review. That's five stars and some words. We'll read those on air. Send you a sticker. Uh, give us five stars on Spotify. We all these things are really great. Yeah, they help us along. People, it puts more eyes on the product. Yep. Um, 
in a few weeks, we're going to be looking at our Spotify Wrapped. So we'll see how many <gasps> of you, a fun time. how many of you have been listening to the New York Mystery Machine on the old Spotify. Yeah. And how many of you? So what we would love if when the Spotify Wrapped comes out, if you know we end up on your Spotify Wrapped, screenshot it, yeah. send it your way, tag us. We'd love to to share those. Uh, last year, we were so amazed with how many people listened to us and and whatnot. So, um, yeah. Sounds great. That is just about it. What? what are we doing today, Adam? Ooh, today, today, let me, well, I think the first order of business is to pull up the script. Do that. <laughs> you do today that. Today, we're covering a place that we spoke about briefly all the way back in season one. Ooh. Today, we are, my, the, my sound sounds so weird today. I don't know why. It doesn't mm. sound, oh, that, that sounds better. There it is. Um, today, we are chatting um, about a place that was a site of the murder of John Lennon. Uh, more on that, head to episode 22 of the New York Mystery Machine. Uh, but we are chatting all about the Dakota Building, uh, which has been linked to paranormal um, paranormal presence before and since the, the wow. murder of John Lennon. Things I didn't know. Now you know, Christina. You didn't know a lot about... I remember the way we did the John Lennon episode, you didn't know a lot about John Lennon's murder. I had ve- basically knew that he was murdered, didn't know all the other stuff. <laughs> I knew he was murdered. That's about it. That was some of it. The Dakota, also known as the Dakota Apartments, or the Dakota Building, is a co-op apartment building at 1 West 72nd Street on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Um, it is, I believe, the first co-op building in New York City. Cool. The construction of Central Park in the 1860s had spurred construction on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, but similar development on the Upper West Side uh, was actually a lot slower to come. Uh, that's because the land at that time was very barren um, due to the West Side's steep topo- topography and its lack of attractions. So when they developed the Dakota building, it was actually, if you, if you ever look at the pictures, and I'll show the early pictures on our socials, it's like a building all by itself. Hmm. It's pretty crazy. You see this one building with barely anything around it, even wow. anything further from it. It's like this one little building in a ghost town. Uh, major developments on the west side were erected after the 9th Avenue uh, elevated train line opened in 1879. And that provided direct access to Lower Manhattan. And so people felt more comfortable moving up to the west side because, like, oh, I can get to Lower Manhattan now. But before then, there was no really way of getting there so, unless you had uh, some other form of transportation. So mm-hmm. people weren't doing it. Edward C. Clark believed that the line's presence would encourage growth of the middle class in the neighborhood on the, on the west side. Um, Clark was the head of the Singer Manufacturing Company, and at a speech in December 1879, he told the West Side Association, quote, there are but a few persons who are princely enough to wish to occupy the entire palace, hmm. but I believe there are many who would like to occupy a portion of a great building. Yeah. So he hired Henry Janeway Hardenberg, who also designed the Wardrobe Astoria and oh. the Plaza Hotel. Now. Hardenberg designed the building with a twist. Let's get let's change podcasts for a second. Ugh. Yes, it's the New York Architecture Podcast yes! right now. Yes, we need a we need a we need a theme for that <laughs> that I just want you to insert here. <laughs> New York Architecture Podcast. <laughs> it should sound like a death metal thing, the most mundane death metal thing. <laughs> New York Architecture Podcast. <laughs> um, Hardenberg decided to merge Gothic Revival and German Renaissance style together. 
So if you look at the Dakota building, mm-hmm. it is very much a merger of those two styles. You can Ooh, see right the Gothic revival, and you can see the German Renaissance as well. I know that sounds silly how I say that, but you really can if you like look at, at, at its unique uh, aspects. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Looks a little gothic, a little German Renaissance. Yeah. And you notice one thing that you don't see on the on the um on this large building? Chimneys. Oh, and what what else? Your what else? Uh, a big building. What should build big buildings have? Fire escapes. Yeah. No fire escapes. Built with none, never updated with any. It is literally a fire hazard. Why how did they get away with not I updating have it? No idea. I, I have literally, I wish I can tell you, but literally anyone who stays at the Dakota building is risking their life. Wow. <laughs> There's no fire escapes on the building. That's insane. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Gorgeous building. Yeah. So Hardenberg filed uh, plans for an eight-story family hotel at the site in September 1880, at which point it was planned to cost $1 million. Construction commenced at the end of October 1880. The building initially did not have a name. Uh, Even after the foundations were completed in early 1881, the building was named Dakota by June 1882. Now, um, one story claims that the name arose from the building's remoteness from the more populous parts of Manhattan, just as the Dakota Territory was Mm. considered remote. Though the Clark family never denied that story, its veracity is disputed, uh, as contemporary publications did not discuss the building's remoteness. The earliest recorded appearance of this claim was in 1933, when Dakota's longtime manager told the New York Herald Tribune, the New York Herald Tribune, quote, probably it was called Dakota because it was so far west and so far north. Hmm. The more likely origin for the Dakota name was Clark's fondness for the names of then new Western states and territories. Hmm. So still named. It's also a great name. Dakota. Dakota. Clark died before the building was finished in 1882 and bequeathed the apartment complex to his oldest grandson, Edward Severin Clark, who at the time was 12 years old. Hmm. After Edward C. Clark's death, Hardenberg never designed another building for the Clark family. It was completed in 1884 and ready for occupancy on October 1st that same year. Wow. Now, the building is quite old, but the paranormal reports don't really begin until the 1950s. We don't really get anything really before that. Huh. I'm not really sure, but in all the reports, we, we don't really see anything before the 50s. Now, people of all stations in life lived there for many years, and, and nowadays... I mean, from the beginning of the 1900s, it was clearly meant for people who can afford it. Yeah. And even so now, there's a long list of like celebrities who have even been denied really? apartments at the Dakota. Wow. It's a very, very specific wow. um, clientele. Now, the first reports of haunting that we, we find are that of your favorite, a strange little girl. No! <laughs> Christina hates strange hate little girls. It. No one likes strange little girls. Now, it's reportedly first seen by workmen sometime uh, in the 50s. Workmen, were they renovating? Were they renovating? If they're workmen, I assume they're renovating. You know what you don't do? Do ever renovate. Don't renovate. Make everything old and decrepit. Yes. (laughs) Why is your face down? I'm hiding from the girl. (laughs) 
Christina's face is literally. I w- some days I wish we did like a YouTube of uh, like a YouTube recording of our po- a video podcast, so you can just see like ridiculous things that Christina does. In his book Life of the Dakota, author Stephen Birmingham wrote the following of the little girl: "Quote, a beautiful blonde child suddenly appeared in the corridor, wearing high white stockings, patent leather shoes, and silver buckles, and a dress." of yellow taffeta that seemed to come from another century. She was also bouncing a red ball. It's my birthday, she said, and still bouncing her ball, she disappeared down the corridor. <laughs> She's not British, but all the girls are always British, right, Sam? Yeah, 100%. It's my birthday. Also, any creepy little girl bouncing a red ball in a corridor, absolutely British. Dum, 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 dum. Oh. Hello, it's my birthday. I hate it. The description of the little girl in the the yellow dress matched none of the children in the building of the time, and she has never been identified since then. In another report, a woman waiting for a friend in the foyer saw the same apparition who walked into what she thought was an adjacent room. Later, she discovered it was a closet, and she had then seen the ghost in residence by others who had also sighted her. The little girl is apparently still seen by residents even till today. In 2005, an ABC News article reported that she can still be seen, quote, greeting them with a smile and a wave from the lower floor windows. Hmm. I hate that. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't like creepy little children that are bouncing balls. Even though you, you, you birthed one. I'd like to believe that she will not grow up to be a complete creep. And creepily say in hallways with the red ball, It's my, it's my birthday. birthday. It's my birthday. Oi. Oi. <laughs> Please, sir, I want some more. <laughs> All I want is Tammy to grow up to be a creepy little girl. A creepy little urchin girl. <laughs> and have a weird Cockney accent yeah. for some reason. 100%. If any, if any kid in it's New your York City kid is, is going to have a co- it's my kid. For some strange reason, because you use weird accents, she's like, I just think that's, that, that's how I speak. <laughs> Me mom sounds like this, yeah. <laughs> Where's your mom from? Queens. Queens. Like Queen, like like the like the Queens like Queens Court. <laughs> Queens Court. <laughs> now another paranormal situation arose when the building was being renovated. Ugh. It wasn't just the building though, it was just an apartment. Actress Julie Holiday was only forty three years old when she passed away from breast cancer. Mm. Holiday spent the last years of her life in apartment seventy seven. In apartment seventy seven. Her death was not an easy one, and she languished many months in her seventh-floor apartment. In 1965, after her death, Gary Smith bought the apartment for his family. Now, Frank Andrews, uh, a friend of Gary, helped ready apartment 77 for his family's occupancy. According to Andrews, it was, quote, one of the most dismal places he had ever laid his eyes on. The woodwork was all dark mahogany. Some of the walls were gray. Others had dreary wallpaper, and the kitchen was painted black. Ooh, what? Why would you paint the kitchen black? Why was your kitchen black, girl? I mean, if you get red sauce on it, like, it's immediately going to show. <laughs> if you get red sauce on that, immediately you're like, I know something about spilling sauce on the walls. <laughs> I, uh, if you go to my apartment, there is many a sauce stain on the wall. 
you know, truthfully, it's because we have high contrast color books for uh, Tammany. And one of them is red against black. I'm like, wouldn't have thought of that as high contrast. Anyways, high contrast. (laughs) The place was absorbed. The place was unbelievably depressing, and Andrews felt the rooms themselves had somehow absorbed the entertainment's final unhappy, pain-wracked days. He was satisfied the place was haunted, and his friend, Norvin Malone, claimed that he, quote, felt vibrations and confirmed that the unit was definitely inhabited. Here's the thing, you Mm. guys. That does not make a haunting. That doesn't do it. I need a checklist from you from what doth make a haunting. Oh, that'd be an interesting checklist. We can work on that. Yeah. It's like, just it has some vibrations. I'm pretty sure that's haunted. All right. <laughs> Great. It's just really, you know, it was a little vibe Any other check. evidence? No, it's just a vibe check. <laughs> vibes are off. Vibes are off, man. <laughs> Larry? <laughs> hey, man, you guys, vibes are actually not, vibes are vibrations, right? Like, so he's not wrong. Like, he's not wrong to say that, like, there's vibes, Right. All right, go back to the Chelsea, Larry. <laughs> this is in your building. This is in your building, Larry. <laughs> so, the Smiths hired three men to repaint the walls and revarnish the woodwork because it was dreary as fuck. Yeah. And these three guys started to work, and while they were working, kept reporting that this had this eerie feeling of being watched every day as they worked. It seemed to get worse and worse as they continued. Um... Eventually, they would also begin to hear some noises that they deemed quite odd. It almost felt like if they got loud, the sound got loud, as if they were being too loud for whatever was inhabiting the space's mm-hmm. patience. And they're <laughs> like, if you're going to be loud, I'm going to be loud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One day, as they were working, one of the workers saw the ghost of a boy. Mm about 10 years old, Mm. dressed in a Buster Brown suit, a style of the early 1900s. A musty odor accompanied the apparition. Before the 10-year-old boy was approached, he vanished. I was waiting for him to say, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. Musty odor. It's my birthday too. (laughs) This girl gets all the birthday presents. (laughs) I don't get nothing. Jimmy Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> does anything make sense? A musty odor. A musty odor. Which is like I, he'd been kept in the closet too long, too many mothballs? Could be. Could, you don't want to be kept in the closet too long. <laughs> we know. <laughs> from, from two people. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, God. Um, on a different day, the three workers saw another ghost. Now, this ghost was more odd and different from the one that the other worker had seen prior. Now, that first ghost, just one of the workers had seen. Okay. I'm not sure I mentioned that. I don't think I did, so now let me go back and say it. The first ghost, one worker saw. Okay. The second ghost, all three of them saw. I can just imagine, like, this one worker is like, I saw a ghost. and like, bitches, you didn't see shit. Right. And then they were like, it's like, it's like Jesus. It's like Thomas. He was like, I don't believe you saw Jesus. Very biblical. And then the ghost was like, nah, I'm here. Um, see, I was going to say, it's sort of like witches, you need... After the Winthrop case, like you need more than one person to attest to an apparition. Yeah, one, even if her head's a dog. Even if her head's a dog. <laughs> um, so this ghost, however, had an odd look to, to, oh, no. to him. He had the body of a male in his 20s and yet the face of a young child. Ooh! 
Oh, no. What a weird looking thing. Oh, I hate this so much. What a weird looking thing that is. That's horrifying. No one likes that. Why did the rest of him grow up? I don't know. (laughs) It's so weird. He's like Benjamin Buttoning. But only from the neck down. From the neck down. Or the neck up, Or the neck up, one or the other. Ah! We don't know. Um, As soon as a specter appeared, it just as quickly vanished from the site. The workers did their very best to quickly finish the work for the apartment. As the main goal was to get the fuck out of Dodge. Just rip that wallpaper like, We're gone. Let's just go. Let's just finish this and go. Finish this and go. The money has to be worth it. Black this, right? is actually really uh, cheery as a color for a kitchen. It's fine. No, we had to love it. Uh, after the job was done, one of the painters was given the unfortunate task to return to the apartment to do some touch-up work oh, in a God. large closet. Oh, no. As he was working, Mm-mm. swiftly, of course, <laughs> suddenly... He's in the closet, by the way. The door slammed and a light went out. He's in a closet, a pitch black closet. Now, at the time, he's on top of a ladder. No! So he slowly, carefully, methodically makes his way off the ladder safely in the dark. He props the door open and turns the light back on. As he does this, he felt something grab his arm And put it against the light bulb. Oh, fuck. After getting burned, he packed his things and promptly left. Oh, my God. What a journey that is. For those who can't see me right now, which is everyone, I am currently hiding halfway in my shirt. I'm just literally videoing. Oh, oh, okay. I wasn't sure this was. Yeah, I'm this literally is... videoing how Christina is during during this episode. At this particular moment. I'm going to put it on our Patreon. This is for our patrons. Great. At this particular <laughs> moment, just for context, um, the Boy face with man's body. The boy face with man's body. With man's body has just slammed shut a closet door and also burned a man's arm. So if you like to see Christina, like literally like eye deep in her sweater, you head on over patreon.com slash NY Mystery Machine and you could, uh, for for, for $3, you can, you can see this. Oh man, there you have it. Um, that's good patron. Stuff. That's a great page. <laughs> um, so he he promptly leaves and never returns to the apartment. He's like, this is good. Yeah, it's no, good enough. It's good enough. It's good, good on enough. you, guy. I think it's good enough. Now, it's worth noting. It's worth noting. That no one seems to know if Holiday herself ever experienced or encountered any of these ghosts. Mm. There was never any report that she had said. I was going to say, it's not like she's the one haunting. It's, it's all these weird. No, it's all these weird, weird children. It would be odd if they arrived only after her death, but perhaps they all cohabitated together for some time. I mean, it's also possible that she just didn't renovate, which is always the problem. That's true, too. Don't renovate stuff. That's true, too. Now, Malone, um, the friend of the Smiths, visited after they moved into apartment 77. One day, he saw what he described as, quote, an aura of lights surrounding a large stuffed animal. Oh, on another occasion, when the children were rolling around the floor with that same toy, he casually remarked that the kids certainly enjoyed playing with the animal. It's very strange, Gail Smith, the wife of, of, of Gary Smith, commented. But at the other place where we lived before, the children would not play with that toy. It wasn't until we moved to the Dakota that they had have taken it up so enthusiastically. Malone was convinced at least one of the specters at, 77, at number 77 had somehow entered the stuffed animal. Oh, and then he tossed it out the fucking window, right? Now he's like, that's cool. Oh, fucking hell. What's, uh, you know what's, fa- what's fascinating about this statement? Tell is, me. Is that clearly 
he did not experience the man-child ghost, but did hear about these ghosts and then said, it's cool. I'm still going to go live here. It wasn't, it, I mean, it's not him. It, that was his friend talking I know, about. Yeah, but I oh, Gary. But Gary still was like, it's yeah, cool, like, I'm going to cool. live here. Some people don't care, Christina. Well, they fucking should. <laughs> they fucking should. They fucking should. I'm so tra- traumatized by this 20s man's body, or this man who's in his 20s body, and this little child's head. Face. Not even head, just the face. <gasps> stuck on this and I'm gonna be okay. Now Helen Tuvum, Judy Holiday's mother, was quite distressed when she learned of all the alleged hauntings in her daughter's old apartment. But she wasn't surprised. She said, quote, all her troubles happened in that apartment. I can't even look at it. She got her divorce there. She got her cancer there. So she has nothing nothing but nothing good to say. Nothing good to say about that apartment. Now another constant ghost that is said to be seen is the man with the wig. Don't like this either. Now, this apparition has been seen by many over the years. Now, sometime in the winter of 1976, the porter summoned tenant Wilbur Ross to the cell- to the cellar because a heavy snow shovel flew off the wall and nearly hit him. He showed him the garbage that was thrown about, explaining that the bags began to move on their own volition. Ross was skeptical until a metal bar flew across the room, landing at his feet. He tried to pick it up, but it was too heavy. Other tenants have had similar experiences in the basement. In fact, an electrician working in the basement saw the ghost of a short, long-nosed man with a beard, no mustache, wired frame glasses, and a wig, wearing a frock coat and a high hat. This apparition was always in the basement, very in the same in the same location where the snow shovel flew, the metal bar flew. And as the electrician would describe this person, and others agreed after seeing that apparition, the description, oddly enough, matched a very famous person with ties to the building. It was a description of the original owner. Edward Clark, Ooh. who looks exactly like that description. Short, Ooh. no mustache, but a beard. And a long a nose. Long nose, wired glasses, and a wig. Oh. So could Edward Clark have died, but still decided to like live in his building, even though he couldn't yeah. live in his building in his mortal body? Yeah. And apparently still doing some work on it with shovels and crowbars and stuff. One of the oldest uh, spirits stalking the Dakota is apparently that of a young, dark-haired lady holding a single red rose. It is rumored that the young lady was the mistress of a married man who lived in the building around the turn of the century. Heartbroken that her lover would not leave his wife and marry her, one night she took her own life. At the moment of her death, her wraith appeared in the dining room where her paramour and his wife were entertaining. Almost everyone at the table briefly glimpsed a young lady standing in the doorway leading to the living room. She was wearing a flowing white gown, my gown, and in her pale hands she carried a rose of such a deep shade of red that appeared to have been dipped in blood. (gasps) The gentleman disturbed at seeing what was obviously the apparition of his mistress excused himself and hurried to her apartment a few blocks away. There he discovered the corpse of his beloved lying face up on her bed. 
She was wearing a white gown, and in her hands, she clutched a long-stemmed blood-red rose. That is some gothic horror shit. That's some gothic horror shit. Since that time, some Dakota residents have occasionally glimpsed the lady with the rose. Some claims that the phantom appears only to married men who are neglecting their mistresses. <laughs> Unfortunately. Love the specificity. I know. Like, like it, hey, if you're going to have a mistress. You got to treat her right. You got to treat her right. Treat, treat your mistresses right. <laughs> if you're going to cheat on your wife with a mistress, you better give her what's owned to her. Just be kind. Is there um, a veiled murderous uh, tour in this? Like the vin- the vindictive mistress tour? No. It'll come to me. I'm working on it. I'm workshopping It's here. coming there. I see it in your brain. That's not it, though. That's not it. Unfortunately, for the philanderer lucky enough to encounter the lovely lady with a rose, she is also visible to others, including his wife, if she happens to be present. Oh! Meaning, Bold. if you are visited, <gasps> your wife will know that you are having an affair. It's like a... Spiritual mood ring. It's a phantom mood ring. A mood ring? How's it a mood ring? Like, it turns color if you are thinking something. And so, if I don't know. I don't know. Only it it outs your wife that you're cheating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like a mood ring, but nothing like a mood ring. Honey, I love you so much. We're going to spend our lives together. Whoa. Are you cheating on me, you fucker? (laughs) How? No. She only appears. Larry, she only appears to people who fucking cheat on their wives. Probably a mistake. Is this a mistake? No. <laughs> you cheater. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to get, if your wife is going to catch you cheating, right? If your wife's going to find out that you're cheating on her, I don't think there's a cooler way than no. a ghost telling you. What a fantastic a story. A ghost telling you and your wife that you're a cheater. I mean... There it is, kids. I love it. Now, the last of the recurring things to happen at the building is that of objects have been seen in their apartments to move on their own accord. Mm. Frederick and Suzanne Weinstein were residents there at a time, and they told friends and family about an odd encounter involving paranormal activity indeed. They heard footsteps and other noises in the home. In the dining room, other paranormal phenomena happened. Rugs and chairs slid around on their own. But the craziest of the stories was that of something that Frederick saw one day. So one day, Frederick comes home to find what appears to be a brand new, brightly lit chandelier hanging in the apartment. And he's like, oh my word, did Suzanne get me? What a lovely chandelier. chandelier. And she didn't tell me? What a, my wife. I would never cheat on her and see and see a ghost with a rose. Never. Because I love her so much. Because she got me this incredible gift. All of a sudden, as you went to go inspect it, the chandelier disappeared. <laughs> Vanished. A ghost chandelier. What stayed behind, though, were the bolts that had held the chandelier in place. <gasps> oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. That is, that is, a, that is a, I'm only going to say this this one time. A great haunting. Great haunting. A haunting sh- the a chandelier. Matches and then just the bolts are there. That is cool as fuck. There it is. That wasn't the only incident that the wine scenes had faced. They reportedly uh, would continue to see and hear more odd things at their time in the Dakota uh, before eventually leaving the building, as many do. 
I like I like the chandelier haunting. I think it makes me think about some of those theories about what ghosts can be. Can they be a rift in time? Like if oh. you know, like that idea of just seeing a little bit of a a window or a portal into a different time period that is yeah that's the, that, that the that was, I was trailing yeah a little Just time to... theory and well we have more to talk about for the Dakota building it is we, we we've heard tales of 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 children and and man children and and little girls whose birthday it is and all these crazy things when we get back we're gonna be talking about a curse at the Dakota building Ooh. we'll be back after these messages The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing. By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more. Head to www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine to find out more and become a patron. That's www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine and join our ever-growing community today. So you listen to our podcast, which means you must love mysteries. But how would you like to solve your very own mystery? Hunt a Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episode boxes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You'll use these clues to solve an ongoing murder mystery. Work solo or as a team of sleuths to finally crack the case and reveal the murderer. So do you think you have what it takes to hunt a killer? If so, head to www.huntakiller.com and use the code NYMYSTERYMACHINE for 20% off the first box. That's www.huntakiller.com and the code is NYMYSTERYMACHINE. Sign up now and begin the hunt. Bow, bow, bow. All right, we are back. We're talking all about the famous Dakota building. Uh, and, you know, many people live in the Dakota building, and it's quite famous. We know that it's, our, it, it's as a building, the architecture is unique to its own. It rests right next to Central Park West. Um, and over the last, you know, you know, half hour or so, we've talked about all these mysterious hauntings that we have occurred. But could the Dakota building be cursed? <laughs> Many feel the Dakota became cursed due to its involvement in the film Rosemary's Baby. Oh. Rosemary's Baby is a 1968 film that used the exterior of the Dakota building to depict the Bramford, which was the home to the film's central character. Now, if you don't know Rosemary's Baby, in the movie, Mia Farrow plays the titular role of Rosemary. Spoilers. Who comes to believe, I mean, this is this is like the generic, most yeah, people yeah. know this. Uh Mia Farrow plays a titular Rosemary who comes to believe that her husband and other tenants in her building, the Bramford, are Satanists with nefarious plans for her baby, which may or may not have, which may or may not be the spawn of the devil. I have a lot of feelings about this movie's ending. Do I do. I really do. We'll talk about it off air. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The Dakota would become a city landmark in 1969, just one year after Rosemary's baby hits theaters. 
However, after wrapping that film, several people involved in the production company started experiencing very odd events. Firstly, the composer, Christoph Komeda, fell into a coma oh. in an eerie coincidence that mirrored the book. Oh. Because Rosemary's Baby is based on the book, a Rosemary's book. Baby. Producer William Castle's misfortune came next when he was diagnosed with a severe case of kidney stones. Oh. Which... That sounds terrible. That does sound terrible. Kidney stones want, are no I don't joke. want no stones in me. Oh. While William Castle was in the hospital, he would have vivid hallucinations all about the movie and Satan and the devil oh. And, and, oh, I hate and that. his spawn of a baby. And then finally, director Roman Polanski's wife, Sharon Tate, became increasingly interested in the occult as a result of the movie. Following that, Sharon would make more headlines when members of the Manson family famously killed her and four other people out in Los Angeles, becoming one of the early victims of the Manson family murders. After completing his apartment trilogy with the tenant, Roman Polanski would then flee flee the United States in 1978 on statutory rape charges. And that has left a cloud hanging over Rosemary's baby, even to this day, well and beyond Mm -hmm. its plot and 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 how it did at the the movies. Good Lord. And since then, other strange things have been happening at the Dakota building. And so a good place to start to wind down is back where we began two years ago John with Lennon? John Lennon. Some stuff we didn't talk about with John Lennon. Um, we're kind of going to get into just a, in just a bit. In 1975, when John and Yoko purchased their seventh floor apartment, formerly owned by Robert and Jesse Ryan, one of the first thing they did was conduct a seance. No! Which I didn't know about. So, a little bonus from that episode. Now, Jesse Ryan's spirit responded immediately and informed the famous pair that she still considered the apartment her home and had no intention of leaving. Nevertheless, she promised she would not interfere in their lives and they could live however they choose. Yoko wasted no time telephoning Mrs. Ryan's daughter, Lisa, to let her know her mother was still happily living at the Dakota building. Lisa Ryan was not amused. I was going to say, this is... Can you imagine your da- the daughter of someone gets a phone call saying, hi, your mom is still here, but don't worry, she's happy. Yeah, I hate that. Not... <laughs> I was gonna... This is going to get us some, some letters. We welcome your letters. Uh, the most Yoko thing to ever be done. <laughs> call up someone and be like, it's totally fine. Your mom is still living here. Isn't that great? No. <laughs> I want her resting in peace. Yeah. Later, when relating her bizarre conversation with um, Yoko to her friends, um, Lisa Ryan set, declared the following, quote, if my mother's ghost belongs anywhere, it's with me, not with them. I like, I like the territorial nature of this. Like, it's, not, not... it's not that my mom's a ghost. That's fine. But why is she with them? Come home, mom. <laughs> now, before John Lennon was shot to death outside the Dakota building in 1980, he reportedly... He reportedly saw a ghost in the halls. He would describe this ghost as the crying ghost lady. He would see her on many occasions, um, feeling very comfortable communicating with her and just seeing her about the halls of the Dakota building. Wow. Um, we know about this because Yoko, Yoko and him spoke a lot about it, and Yoko in years you know, past talked about John's experience with the crying lady ghost. Or yeah. Additionally, Lennon stated that he also saw a UFO from one of his apartment windows. Ooh. I wish I knew more from that. I was going to say. I tried researching more. I'm going to keep researching to see if there's any more information on the UFOs from the Dakota Building window. 
Lennon also gave an interview that included him reading a letter that predicted his un- untimely death. It's impossible to verify what Lennon said he saw, but if the building holds a curse, there certainly could be a connection. Wow. Since the day in 1980 in December when John Lennon was assassinated just outside the building, many claim to have now encountered his restless spirit. Hmm. The National Enquirer and other tabloid newspapers have printed numerous articles concerning Lennon's ghost, and books have been written about his post-mortem prattle. Hmm. In 1983, Joey Harrow, a musician who lives near the Dakota building, claimed he saw John's ghost in the Dakota entranceway, the spot where he had been shot three years prior. Joey Harrow said, quote, he was surrounded by an eerie light. At the time of the sighting, he was accompanied by a writer called Amanda Morris, who confirmed that she had also seen the ghost. She said, quote, I wanted to go up and talk to him, but something in the way he looked at me said no. John's ghost had been reported by various other witnesses who have claimed to see him haunting the Dakota. Many times they see him uh, in his white uh, suit with flared legs. Mm. Psychic Sean Robbins said he saw John's ghost in the building and Yoko Ono herself was reported to have seen John sitting at his white piano. She said John turned to her and said, quote, don't be afraid. I am still with you. Mm. Sean Robbins was sitting outside the Dakota one afternoon in 1985, hoping to see her contact Lennon Specter. He said it was around, she said it was around one o'clock in the afternoon. At a distance, I could see energy waves like a body. I saw it where he was shot. According to Miss Robbins, she had been, she had seen the apparition of the slain beetle other times as well. Quote, when I'm on the west side, I'll go by there out of curiosity and sometimes I see a flee- fleeting image that looks like John Lennon. Hmm. According to several spiritualists, John's spirit lingered on Earth for a short time before a group of spirit guides helped him to adjust to the other world. A person who won't let go after they are dead becomes a ghost who haunts the area of a tragedy. The guide convinces him to join them in the spirit world, and various mediums began receiving messages from him. Lennon periodically makes visits to the Dakota building still, so hmm. says people who live there. In addition to hanging around areas where he was shot, Lennon's phantom has also been observed staring out of the window of the ground floor studio and crossing from the Dakota to the Imagine Mosaic in Central Park. Hmm. For those of you who don't know, there is a um, part of Central Park called Strawberry Fields, named after the the Beatles song, Strawberry Fields. And in that section, right across the street from the Dakota building, is a beautiful mosaic that has Imagine written, based on his song Imagine. Uh, Every October, in honor of his birthday, people gather around the mosaic and sing Beatles songs and Lennon songs. And every December, in honor of his passing and murder, they do the same thing. So if you're ever in New York City and you want, and you're a big Beatles fan, it's kind of crazy. I've been there a few times. Um, I've been, I went there a few times in October for because the weather was really nice. Mm -hmm. It's like a nice crispy fall weather. December is usually a little too cold, but um, it's yeah. People bring guitars and drums. It's a busy spot even on a just a random day. Yeah, it used to be. It's crazy because it used to be um, cops would like be undercover there and and basically uh, arrest a lot of people for weed. Hmm. Uh, now that weed's legal, I'm sure it's going to be, I'm sure it's oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, but can you still, can you smoke in a park though? I think you cannot. I don't think so. Oh, well, there it is. So you can still get arrested. So don't do that. Others insist that they have seen the ghost of John Lennon and that he has flashed a peace sign at passerbys and a hot dog vendor once even heard the ghost singing, give peace a chance. Hmm. So John Lennon himself, who saw a ghost at the, Dakota building, hmm. 
maybe a ghost himself there right. still, or it may not be, or it may be visiting from time to time. Wow. Who knows? I really. had no idea. The New York City Landmarks Preservation Commission designated the Dakota as a New York City landmark February 1969, as he said earlier. The Dakota was also added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1972 and was re-added to the NRHP as a National Historic Landmark in 1976. The Dakota building is now part of the Central Park West Historic District, which was designated as a NRHP district, a National Register of Historic Places district in 1982, as well as the Upper West Side Historic District, which became a New York City Historic District in 1990. Wow. It is quite hard to be able to get an apartment at the Dakota building. Yeah, you said some people were like... Many people have been denied. I want to know more about that. I want to know like what gets you denied at a what like when you've hit a certain level and you're a famous person after many hopefuls have paid thousands of dollars to to join the process of getting an apartment there acceptance is not guaranteed some names such as Madonna whoa Billy Joel Cher Antonio Banderas Melanie Griffith and Carly Simon failed the Dakota's stringent acceptance policy <gasps> acceptance policy don't you want to know like how they get like what was the re like Wow, what is that checklist that Carly Simon gets denied or Madonna? Right. Madonna, Antonio Banderas. Um, document legendary documentary filmmaker Albert um Maisles sold his Dakota apartment in two thousand and five after being a resident for over three decades. He said that the co op board has lost touch with what made the Dakota great to begin with. He told the Times, quote, What's so shocking is that the building is losing its touch with interesting people more and more. They're moving away from creative people and going towards people who just have money. Madonna doesn't have enough money. <laughs> well, I mean like in general, like they're they're moving away from the yeah. artists and just looking at like no names who have just a lot of money oh, to spend, I see. right? And that's uh, and that's the haunted Dakota building—a crazy history from children, boy, men to oh. John Lennon himself and crying women, ghosts, and I liked the very the sp- curse of Rosemary's Baby. So many things. That's a lot, actually. I was gonna say I really liked the we sweet covered a story. lot today. Yeah, the sweet story of John Lennon saying, I, I'll, "What was it? I'll always be with you," or "I'm still yeah, with you." I'm still with that's you. Very that's very sweet. sweet. Um, I think the best way to ever get, uh outed as uh as cheating on your wife is through a mm-hmm. ghost ghostly apparition and that man child ghost will either stay with my brain and live there <laughs> rent free for the rest of my days in the horror corners of it or i will promptly block it out for all time and when you reference this in the future i'll be like what i don't oh, remember that about. well you have a kid either way if you if you're interested in talking more about it, you know what to do. Head over to our social media at NY Mystery Machine on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at NY Mysteries on X, um, and drop us a message or a comment. Um, you can also email us nymysterymachine at gmail dot com. If you've seen any ghosts in around the Dakota, yeah, I like going to the Dakota building. It's my I like going to Strawberry Fields. I used to do that a lot when I was younger. When I was in college, I'd go there a lot with with one of my friends. And even like if I might find myself in in the on the Upper West Side, I'll usually find myself okay. down by the Dakota and down by uh Starbury Fields. I just kinda like it. It's a nice little environment. So if you're if you're someone who's in New York, it's a really great spot to be. If you're someone who's visiting New York, you Let's know go. it's a little out of the way from most of the things you'll see in New York if you're a tourist, but you might as well just try and take a little uh do it. A little commute if you're a Beatles fan or a John Lennon fan. Or if you just want to like look at the Dakota and, and how crazy weird haunted it is. If you just really love 
gothic architecture that's mixed with german renaissance mm-hmm. you can take the h the you take the c train to 72nd street it disappointing would have played take the a train i know um no you take the c train to 72nd and it literally leads you the the, the train station is right next to the dakota building no it's not so out of the way if you're visiting new york just in case you know to plan your itinerary for you it's not far then from uh the museum of natural history which oh you're right you're absolutely who doesn't right. want to go see am and h which or, featured or, or, in our one of our episodes there it is. Or the uh, New York Historical Society, which is one of my favorite museums in New York. So, you know what? Great little little walking tour up there. New York Historical You're Society welcome. has a, um, a statue of Abe Lincoln outside. Look at that. So. Look at that. Look look at this lovely little day day trip we have planned for you. Oh, we should do that. We should plan day trips for people. If at the $100 level, you <laughs> want a personally curated your itinerary. trip to New York. You're only getting one Broadway show, though, kids. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll choose it. We'll choose it. We'll choose it for you. We're not paying for it, but we'll choose it for you. It won't be Hamilton. No. All right. Well, we're back next week with an all-new episode of the New York Mystery Machine. I've been Adam Ace. I've been Christine Marinelli. And thank you ever so much for taking a ride on the New York Mystery Machine. Town Hall, but for ghosts. Ooh.